Podcasting live from San Jose, California. It is the Dad Bod Rap Pod. I am one of your hosts, Damon Carter, aka Dim One. I am joined in Zoom today by Mr. Nate LeBlanc. How's it going, man? Oh, I'm okay. Um, my wife and I went away for the weekend Smart. and I took Friday off work. It was her birthday and stuff. So I'm like not really mentally back from my little trip yet but I'm okay good. okay uh do you get to check both the birthday and valentine's day box well this year? it's been the subject of some debate lately um yeah she likes to say that her birthday it's on the 10th starts on the 10th and ends on the 14th okay um, so of course my bit every like since we woke up on the 11th was like okay you're done <laughs> that, that was it whatever whatever that was that was that was what you're getting so you know, wrap uh, it up kind of i'm not a valentine's day person like i never that's so been. surprising Nate. i know it's shocking because you know me so well right um so yeah i mean yeah i mean it ended it ended three days ago but um you know we, we just don't really do valentine's day i guess what you're really asking is does the coverage of having her birthday so close let me get out of doing valentine's Absolutely. day i would say the answer yeah. is yes Okay. Okay. One of the definite benefits of marriage is like, right. A couple years in, you're like, why are we doing this again? All of the years in my case, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I just, I just you... don't do Valentine's day. My dad didn't do Valentine's day. It's just, I just think it's stupid and I don't do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a long standing tradition with the LeBlanc men to, uh, to stiff their, their lady folks on Valentine's day. Um, That's, you know, Sort of, but it's more like find someone who's compatible with you who has similar values. If I had some wife who every year was bummed out because I didn't bring through the chocolates, like we wouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that was on Nate's uh, prereqs. Don't come, <laughs> don't come seeking no chocolates. Uh, another, this kind of a weird eventful uh, weekend. They had a football game over the weekend. I heard about. Um, I watched a football game this weekend. I'm then I'm apparently one of those people who only watches the Super Bowl. I boycott for uh, uh, 17, 18ths of the season or whatever. What is it? No, is it they play 21 games? They 20, play 700 games? weeks now. The Green Bastards. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's like a, a fucking 19 game schedule, 18 game schedule plus playoffs. But you're the guy. You're tapping in with the Super Bowl now. You're that guy. Yeah, because I remember doing this last year and I was like, oh, I surprised myself by actually watching the game. And I did the same thing this year. I missed all the rigmarole. Because you don't fuck with football generally. Generally, uh, I've yeah. been off football for quite a quite a while now. But it just I just this is kind of stupid, but I actually really do feel this way. I didn't want to not know what everyone was talking about on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. It's like why I watch the Oscars. And I, I mean, I like movies. I would probably watch the Oscars anyway. But like, maybe that's not a good example. But like, it, well, I'll watch like a tennis final sometimes with my wife. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, okay, now I know what all these tweets are about. You know what I mean? It's right. like kind of well, down you don't, to that level. You don't want to be on the, on the outskirts of a moment sometimes. Sometimes you do want to be. Yeah, yeah sometimes totally. you do want to be on the outskirts of a moment. And you're, it, you're okay I, with it's that. It's nice to pick and choose things to sit out. Like, it's just yeah. like, I'm just like, I'm not participating in this cultural <laughs> discourse at the moment. Like, for a good example couldn't care less at the moment about julia fox kanye p davidson like yeah, i just like checked out miss me with that yeah but i yeah i wanted to kind of know what the commercials were and i like okay. wanted to watch the movie trailers and stuff the game was sure okay in its way it's the nfl is so weird there's all these penalties late in the fourth quarter there's like out of yeah. nowhere suspiciously where it's like it's been this really clean game and then all of a sudden there's all these penalties all constantly it's just like yeah is that a foul when that's not a foul and i remembered why i don't like watching football i get mad watching it more than yeah. any other sport i get pissed well it gives you so much time to get pissed right. it's like stop all 10 time. seconds of action and then uh two and a half minutes between it and so and, and it's like it's yeah. two minutes of litigation 
It's like, it's like, are we reviewing? Are we not? They're showing it from every angle. There's grabbing yeah. and holding on every play. How do you decide what's a foul? And I was just like, sure. by the time the game was over, I was exhausted. And I was like, okay, uh, yeah, let's go at least and, another year before we do this again. And the Super Bowl is drawn out even for a football game. Too, totally. Right? Yeah. Get those have, commercials in, dude. Yeah. Got to get, got to get that money. Um, I kind of did an inverse of you. I started back on football. Uh, maybe week nine of the oh, season. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, not a lot of people did. I was watching. I was watching yield San Francisco 49ers. Niners um, had an interesting year. They did because I'm like, I don't want to let the racism of the the cabal of white owners prevent me from enjoying Debo Samuel. I right. don't want to sit that out. I don't. Right. Want, I want to be a part of that. Right. Um. So I started watching again. Uh, and then you know the Niners had a pretty good season. Everything was cool. And then, of course, the NFL reminds you of how racist they are. And There's always like, ah. something there to remind you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, I, I did. I checked out on the game. And to your point, it was annoying to have to sift through the tweets and not understand what people were talking about. And then I remembered I had a podcast and there was a fucking rap concert in the middle. So, I, yeah. So I, let's, let's talk I about that back. part because that part was pretty interesting to me. I went back and watched that today. Uh, the, the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show. Don't forget. Yeah. yeah they paid for it. So I'll respect it. Um, Though we can get into this and I hope we do get into this. But my understanding is Dre paid for it. Oh, that really? the the. The NF, the Pepsi, this is my understanding of it. Okay. Twitter, Twitter lawyers, let me know if I'm wrong. Twitter gators. Yes. Pepsi pays the NFL to sponsor the halftime show, but neither the NFL nor Pepsi cuts Pay, checks to the to performers. Anybody. Oh, okay. So it's uh, like the ultimate saw, exposure gig. It's, exp- it's for exposure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh. Which is hilarious and weird um that when there's so much money flying around but right. apparently dre took this kind of mantle of doing the la super bowl very serious uh, wanted okay. to do it right okay. and i heard okay. he came out of pocket seven million yeah it looked it, it looked about seven million the dancers yeah i don't know maybe they like throw in some pyrotechnics for you as you like they're already fireworks. doing them for the game All the um, yeah. but still my understanding is it's not like he cut kendrick a check Sure, sure. It's yeah. like it's yeah. like they they're supposed to be happy to be there. Everyone else gets paid. Like the dancers made more than fifty cent, even though he had to hang upside down for who God knows how long Ooh, with man. his chain all bunched up on his chins. Oh, <laughs> you can make that joke, Nate. I was gonna say the only people who can make fun of a fifty cent for uh, being fat hanging upside down is Ja Rule. Other than that, it's fat shaming, and I don't agree with it. But if Ja Rule wanted to get in some jabs right now, I think he'd be as a possessor of multiple chins. I'm going to jump in briefly. (laughs) Uh, It was that was a weird part of it. I don't think the reveal of it was worth not telling us he was going to be there. Like he wasn't billed. We're supposed to be all happy that he's part of it. And I'm like, yes, okay. Yeah, and uh, I, saw, I saw a lot yeah. of people kind of not satisfied with the song choices, but like you have to do the hits in this scenario. Absolutely. And you I must felt like do your hits. Yeah, I felt like Snoop and Dre um, came out and we're, we're good for old guys. Yeah, I've, except I've for seen... Dre was exhausted after his, his that that Jay-Z verse. He, he, he was yeah, like no. catching yeah. his breath kind of, which, hey, I'm sure he practiced. He doesn't yeah. look quite as uh, svelte or swole no, yeah, during uh, the defiant ones. I think uh, divorced Dre has been uh, has been living a little bit of a lifestyle. But um, yeah, he looked really out of breath. But you know who sounded amazing and who had amazing breath control? Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick yeah, Lamar, yeah. Oh, Killed oh. it. Uh, it's such a great performer. And I'm glad that um, that stage you know, that moment that he was able to, to be seen. A lot of times in these huge things, people just come off as awkward it's just too mm-hmm. big there's mm-hmm. there's most there's i would say most performers actually once you get to that big of level don't look super comfortable i thought dre and, and snoop looked really comfortable i happy thought, to be there yeah yeah like oh i'm here in la i get the whole hometown connection thing um and i thought hey, it's I, literally in inglewood like who would have thought the super bowl would be played in inglewood any ever, ever. i the stadium yeah. politics aside it's a yeah. horrific industry 
ripe with unfairness, but it's it's pretty cool yeah, in that it, way. But let, let me ask you, Damone, because I'm actually, I don't know what you're going to say. Did you feel like hip-hop pride watching ooh, it? Never thought that hip-hop would make it this far. Nah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel I've seen that sentiment expressed. I think we're further along than that. I think we're, I think hip hop is beyond happy to be here. It's the NFL caught up on this one. You know, like, you know, this is not you too. This is not fucking Bruce Springsteen again. Right. You know what I mean? Right. The, the NFL is, it's the same thing I say when a museum picks up some hip hop artifacts. Like right. we're doing you a solid, like right. this is, this is a, you know, America's uh, most central cultural expression right now. And right. so it deserves to Don't be. Don't you think it's going to yeah. be like Florida Georgia line tomorrow next year or something like they're going to oh, go yeah, like yeah. immediately they, in the other. Tim direction. McGraw is coming. Yeah. yeah. For that ass next year. But um, um yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I kind of did. And I yeah. felt a little silly about it because I agree with what you're saying in the aggregate. But uh, the, the part that kind of got me and I didn't I didn't tear up, but I got a little like, oh, was that a feeling I just had <laughs> um, when uh, Dre said uh, it's all good from Diego to the the bay and i'm like oh we're being represented right now very briefly yeah but uh you know uh, you knew they were going to do california love and yeah, you had to you had to it, yeah. i think they wisely sidestepped the tupac aspect of it yeah. like no no smart. hologram no yeah, shout smart. out no r.i.p like smart they just they just did it as a as a dre song which is totally how it should have been but um what else caught you did you think mary j belonged um it Mary J belongs wherever Mary J wants to be. Uh, but uh, I did think in terms of like uh, the feel of it, it did feel a little bit jarring when she came through. It, it turned into a different thing. And I'll say this, and, and I may not live to uh, regret it, is that um, Mary J is an amazing singer. Her kind of dancing persona, she's not necessarily that type of act. She's and, uh, she's the Elaine Bennis of <laughs> yeah, RBC, dude. She just can't dance, which actually, because yeah. it's so well known at this point, is incredibly charming. It's a I type was, of dance. I, I yeah. was kind of like elbowing my wife. I was like, hey, watch this. <laughs> like the Mary you know J I mean? yeah. kind of bop that she does. Um, I, I thought she did OK. I thought let's get into it. Let's let's talk about uh, Kyle Shanahan's performance. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Eminem, um, I can't get over the shit he'd be wearing. It's hard for me at this. I understand him and Dr. Dre had on similar fits and it, well, it's this weird. Lu Lucia, my wife, for those of new listeners, Lucia is my wife. I refer to her often. She said, this is the biggest day for black jeans in a long time. <laughs> Which was oh, really man. funny. Oh, man. Uh, 40 plus dudes in black jeans as I look down and I have yeah, black I'm jeans. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I yeah. wore today. George exactly. Jordan's in black jeans. I did not wear a Kangol hat. That's about the only thing that's different. Oh, yeah. man, man. Uh, good old Eminem uh, came out as you knew he would. Um, you know, he still has it. You know what I mean? He could still this. Actually, I think he shows up better in that type of uh, space than most rappers do. Well, like, the, the, yeah. He has anthems. And yeah. so that that's yeah. the main thing you need. Um, yeah. And his his anthem was thematically on point for a sports yeah. thing where 50 oh, cents anthem is has nothing to do with anything remotely what? sporting birthdays and rough sex like what, <laughs> what else is there to sport yeah um i, yeah, I was happy yeah. to see everyone be so happy and i was happy that they everyone acquitted themselves relatively well like i, I had fun with it and it's only 12 minutes and they did a yeah. lot in 12 minutes yeah they did some they of it's did. a little silly though like kind of like everyone dressing like the dancers being dressed as gangsters and like All right, doing let, synchronized yeah. grip walking is just yeah. bizarre but hey that's uh, what they wanted that's what they got that is a that is a very it's a really ironic thing where you have the stadium built in Inglewood and in, in essentially a black neighborhood um and that that actually does not usually go well for people in the neighborhood so it's like gentrify gentrification is happening and then they're being like Here's a little miniature black community that right. we would literally put a stadium on top of if we could right. and like yeah. <laughs> do the performance in that. It was very, it was very ironic. It's like, it was macro, yeah. it was micro. Um, you know, I felt like the way that hip hop won was to say that like, it has to be dealt with. 
you have to you, the NFL fucked up so hard they had to have 50 dudes crip walking at the Super Bowl. Right. That's how bad they fucked up. Like, right, right. like that's a funny way to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that for sure. Yeah. So I, I felt like it it's fine, but but I'll say this. Maybe let's just relax. I've seen a lot of like, how dare you put this in front of Michael Jackson or Princess? Once we're now we're rating Super Bowl halftime shows, like even as a podcaster, that's just a bridge too far for me. Folks. Like just <laughs> when it just, started raining during Princes, I think they, they caught some lightning in a bottle thing that cannot be topped. And sure. Prince is one of a kind. I would say I, I enjoyed this very yeah. much. Like as, I, as much, you were much, supposed much to. More so than a Paul McCartney or a Bruce Springsteen. But but here's here's the sad or maybe good fact because we're there now when you used to sit down and watch you two and be like, why the fuck am I watching you two right now? Right. Cause it wasn't for you, but now the demographic has shifted yeah. to where it's actually for like, not just kind of guys like me, but like the exact me. Guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I yeah, am that no, guy. It's made for me. And I, and I, I did enjoy it. Um, it it's kind of, I'm, I just, I'm a little stuck on this Mary J thing. Like there's no California based R and B singer that could have, Ooh. taken that spot or is it was it just because dre had produced a couple tracks for her over the years they like, needed something else it was too dudish it was too hardcore they needed something to soften you couldn't do beyonce I, i'm gonna quote um our dude joseph patel you need the auntie demographic you needed the auntie who was gonna bring the auntie demographic lizzo wouldn't be the right fit right mary j was, young yeah is of the time period we're talking about well, i guess we're kind of lucky it wasn't like a skylar gray or some other like just person <laughs> who just sings on their stuff yeah it could and it it definitely could have been knowing uh knowing the nfl and knowing the super bowl but um yeah, I, I thought it was fine. Also, before we get out of here, um, w- on behalf of the Black delegation, we appreciate Eminem's efforts. He he does more than most. Yeah, um, but think, let's not get carried he, away. Did you think he was ne- like kneeling? It's been like conflicting reports whether the NFL. No, I thought not. it was, was like Arm and Hammer, where they like kneel I, where each other's rapping. That was my joke. <laughs> I, I wound up for a day Sorry. and a half and you, you got it uh, you just, got it no just, that was hilarious for those of you who don't know what we're talking about uh billy woods and elucid when they perform his arm and hammer seed each other the stage yeah it's for their verses and for their solo songs in a way that's really interesting and it, that's exactly what it looked like eminem was doing it was yeah. but it was for dre to play the piano <laughs> yeah and like i think it it's one of those things that was supportive because Dre looked scared as shit, man. He looked like a seven-year-old at a recital. He was yeah. like, ooh, <laughs> I mean, I fucked this up. Like, he was really playing. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't want to be a fucking meme. You could see it in his whole body. And when he got up, it was like he was lifted. He was like, yeah, yeah, totally. I did that. Uh, it was good times. It's, it's one of those things where um, there's a lot of fucked up shit in the world. Sometimes just enjoy a thing. You know what I mean? Just enjoy a thing. Um, and we did. Uh, and you know what else we enjoyed? I'll tell you what we enjoyed, Nate. This interview with Juice. Juice brings the juice in this interview. I'm not going to step on it, but um, uh, we. I feel like we shouldn't. Let's address it afterwards and let just yeah. like let people yeah. go into this. Just to briefly set it up. Juice is a freestyle MC legend. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say. Just listen to the man talk. Dead by wrap up. Dad bod rap pod every week we talk to people who have moved and shaped hip-hop culture this week is no different joining us in zoom we have juice what's happening what's happening y'all how y'all doing good good man so happy to have you um on the program um the legendary juice i remember uh as a as an up-and-coming rapper before the internet just hearing like this name like oh there's this dude juice he's He's a, he's amazing off the top. Um, I want to, I want to go back and ask you, when did it, when did it start for you? Is it something that you always had? Was there a particular moment in time where you're like, 
this is what I'm 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 gonna do. I'm gonna be a rapper. That's crazy. Um, well, I was uh, I uh, when I was in grade school, we had a teacher, and she used to let us like have free time, and um, she was like, "You could do anything you want with the time. Like I don't care." And we were like, "Oh, okay." And most kids took a nap. It was crazy. Some kids like um, read, and I used to write. Um, this was before anyone even knew like about freestyling or what that was. This was just like Terry, little Terry writing raps, you know what I mean? So I would write raps and then <clears throat> I wouldn't say anything and they would, she would be like, what did you do? And I'd be like, nothing. And then one day she was like, what do you do all, because everyone's sleeping or reading, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm writing these, I'm writing rhymes. And she was like, what? And she was like, would you, would you mind saying one for the, for the class? And I was like, sure. And so I had this little rhyme and shit and um, I said it and everybody, it was like a standing ovation. Everybody like tripped out like, yo, Terry can do that? Like what? I didn't have a name, you know, after that, they were like, yo, you need a name. And I was like, I'm gonna do something real original. Like I'm gonna call myself Fresh T. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was like, ooh, like, oh my God. Like that's the coldest thing we ever heard. I'm like, of course. So, <laughs> At that point, I became Fresh T, and um, I started just writing rhymes, and I started saying it for people, and they liked it. Um, the freestyle thing, I didn't even know I had that um, till later. I was always a writer, you know, so it was crazy to be classified as, like, this freestyle, whatever, but still knowing that I was a writer before that, that was dope. So that's how it happened. That's how I started, at least. That's dope, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, um certainly you're a freestyle legend and, and that gets that gets thrown around and certainly true um but i wanted to know if once you were transitioning from you know mainly freestyle to recorded written material did you find that there were like any sort of resistance towards that um i read in alexander fructor's article uh, shout out alexander who like uh, uh, shout out. this up uh yeah so, i mean did you can you talk a little bit about that the transitional phase of becoming you know, uh, going from freestyle raps to written material and rappers not wanting to work with you? Um, well, when I, you know, when I, um, I put out my first record in probably like 99 or whatever, it was like a vinyl, you know, it was like everybody was doing vinyl, then nobody really had like, like the internet, it was kind of crazy. So it was a written record. It was actually as a record called Freestyle or Written. And, um, I've, I've told the story before, but basically I get in the studio with this producer, Panic. Panic's from this group called The Mole Men, and they're definitely legendary in Chicago and beyond. They like, they were the first people to put out like Kanye records, Rhyme Fest, Me, By Kill. They were like, they're, they're really crazy. And the dude who founded it ended up passing away. So I just want to shout out Juan because he know, he know I was going to shout him out wherever I was at. So I was doing that with them. And I just put out this record and, and I had a, I had two verses. Um, and then um, I I guess I lost the second verse and, and it was like 12 minutes left in the studio session. And they was like, yo, you got to finish it. Every song needs at least two verses. And so I ended up freestyling the second verse. And when I did, it became freestyle and written. So even though it was like in the same realm of like all the other raps I did, it was a written rap, but it, it translated over the same way. So people thought, well, they didn't really know what verse was what, but they thought I like freestyled the whole song because of what it was called. Um, but I was always writing. And um, mm. when I when I started um, just like branching out and, and really doing more written stuff, it was just because of the, the demand of the underground. The demand was like, yo, you do this and you got to do this. And I'm like, no, nah, I do this and that. When I was 10, I wasn't freestyling. I was in class doing it. And so it became, it, it wasn't really resistance per se, but it was people like, no, this is what you do. Um, I got a close friend of mine. He's a, a very prominent uh, executive and uh, a sports executive. And he was like, yo, he was like, I love when you write your rhymes. And, and he, he raps too. Um, and we actually doing an album together that's coming out. I'll tell y'all about it. But he was like, yo, when you rap, it's always crazy. He's like, when you freestyle, it's just something different. It's like, you can put you to the test a hundred times and, and it's always on point. So that's why everybody does that. And, and so I, I totally respect it, but um, people just, they just, uh, I just had a different kind of skill, you know, 
Some people have the type of skill you want to like work with, and some people have the type of skill you just want to stay away from. And um, and you just don't want to do nothing. You know, you want to make money off it, but not with it. It's a weird skill to have, you know what I mean? I can't say it's a curse or a blessing, but that's really like, if I could explain that transition, I hope that kind of answers the question. Yeah, d- yeah definitely. Yeah. And uh, let, let's make sure to come back to that other project because I have a guess of who you might be talking about and I want to see if I'm right. Cool. Um, it, he might work for one of our local sports teams if it's the person I'm thinking of. Uh, we're from Where the y'all Bay at? <laughs> we're in the Bay Area. Oh, yeah. I, I, all I can say is I'm not going to tell you until you ask, but I'll be up there a lot. Awesome. Oh, word. Uh, we're so going to kick it. Okay, this sounds good. Um, so kind of a weird question, but given your proclivity to freestyle, I, I want to know, like, do you think in rhyme? Dude, I think in rhyme when I'm drinking wine, I don't have a cane, but it's a Lincoln time. Some people don't like it. Some think it's fine. And some people don't understand when I think with my mind. Yeah, right. It's yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> that's like, that's like something I cannot stop. Um, I was freestyling in the car and I, I said something like, I said, I said, when it comes to this flow, I'm a money man. I be talking to my dog like the son of Sam. All these rappers, they are sweeter than a honey ham. Uh, your pH balance is off. I'll never call you fam. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, it's really uncanny. And you know, it's even more like, um, gratifying that people believe it now because really everybody mm. tells me what the rap about every time i'm somewhere people are like we don't give a fuck what you wrote tell us about that bookshelf behind him and that that fucking lamp and that microphone and tell us about me and i'm like all right and so you know time after time it's like either i'm either i'm a damn good writer because i know what they're going to say in advance or it's true that you know what i mean so one or the other has to be true so yeah i'm i'm cool with it but yeah i'm thinking that shit it, it doesn't go away uh, a sickness, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I want to talk a little bit about, like, I guess for lack of a better term, like uh, the, a stigma or a rule. Like back in the '90s, we talk about this when we're talking about our the hobo junction versus uh, hieroglyphics battle. Ooh. There was kind of a stigma at that time around if you came to the battle, you wasn't supposed to have writtens like it was definitely where we're at that was a big rule like it was it was looked down upon um i wanted to ask was that the rule kind of where you were coming from and like how do you feel about that in terms of rules of engagement in a battle should it should it be written should it be freestyle does it matter oh what a crazy question um you guys conspired for this (laughs) um okay (laughs) so so yeah I, i came up where well i came up where I didn't know what nobody was doing. Again, I was writing my stuff. And one day I think I just started just saying stuff in the moment. It was like, but it wasn't necessarily a requirement. Mm. Now, I'm from Chicago, but I moved to LA when I was four. So I didn't get a chance to really know what Chicago culture was. But in LA, if you could rhyme, you could just rhyme. We were the guys that um, we had a propensity toward to go toward East Coast rap. We like the, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. Hobo and High Road. They, they were three, four syllables exhilarating. Come to your crib. I got niggas waiting. Like, yeah. It doesn't even make sense. Right. Those kind of rhymes. So they were doing, we were doing that. But at the point where I started getting in battles, the battles were like, they had their own rules. Yeah. Aside from the circle, the cypher was different. The, mm. the cypher was different. You could cypher and do what you want. As long as you had the hottest line, you know what I mean? People would sniff it. Fuck it. But if you in the battles, it was different. It was like you had to have written rhymes. People exposed you if you didn't. If you didn't have the right retorts, people knew that you had it ready. Um, I was always being accused of that. It mm-hmm. was cool. It was like the biggest compliment in the world. Cause I'm like, wow, <laughs> what y'all really think? That that's not even that blows y'all mind. Like what? So, so that that's how I came up. If I was in a cipher. I still would just always freestyle. I really wouldn't spit my written rhymes because I was confident in the freestyles that I had. But if I was in a freestyle battle, I would never use a written line if that was the rules. Um, yeah. And so going forward, what I think about it, um, some people say it's devolved. And I feel like it's just a natural evolution. Look, it's really hard to rap to the beat. 
Yeah. Uh, it's hard yeah. to be complex to the beat. It's hard to uh, have sus- substance, to be sustentative. It's hard to be uh, co- hit, cohesive. So I understand why the new battles are like that. Um, you get time to prepare. There is sort of like, for me, it was a letdown at first until they started producing the shit like UFC. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, today, Dave and Nate are going to <laughs> go at it. And, and you see everybody cooking eggs and shit in their background and their homeboys. Yes. Yeah. So it ended up being like some Dana White. So I love it. I think it's great. Um, okay. What I, what I think is weird is those particular people who do that a lot always think that people who came from where I can't came from can't compete. Because the stigma you spoke about is that mm. people like me can't really write. Mm-hmm. But that's not, well, in my case, that's not true. Like, if you give me three months to prepare for any human being, it's, it's pretty much over. It's a wrap. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I get 90 days to know who you are, to study who your mom is, I know to be yeah. right in. I know, about her. I know she stay in South Sac. She be on Fruit Ridge. I know all about your mom. If I know, and this is just not knowing about his, whoever's mother, but if I know about your moms, yeah. now, now I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, my flow sick is Alexian brothers. I'm in the bedroom having nasty sex with your mother. And, <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm in the same fucking bedroom that's next to your brothers. I'm, I'm trying to knock <laughs> in the rubbers. Like I'm going there. And that's, this is with nothing with the sweet, salacious scent of raw sex on the covers. And you don't want to know about the fucking extras and others. You feel me? So like you, 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 give, you give me three months for anybody. It's a wrap. And this is the one thing I don't like about the new battle rap is that there's no real judging. I want everyone to know what happened to you at the end of it. So I want yeah. everyone to know that you lost. I want that to be unilateral. So there's yeah. a champion, a league, like the league okay. is great, but where are the rankings? Yeah. You can yep. only get rankings from a win. So to me, that's flawed in the system. I'm not sure that it's worth enough of my time and effort to, um, to get involved with it again, unless it's for some big money. But if it's some big money, let's get it. But okay. I may, I may, um, I may end up administrating something where there, there is, uh, like legitimacy to it where you win. Not, not that the new shit ain't legitimate, like grind time and, and king of the dot and mm-hmm. all that shit is legitimate as fuck. But there's another level of credibility it would have if they had champions. Like if, they, the UFC fight, if the UFC fought and every time they fought the crowd judge, that's that league would not be worth fucking $50 billion. Yeah. So yeah. that's my overall opinion on the whole battlefield. Okay. Thank you. You kind of, you kind of went into my, my other question about kind of uh, the state of current battle rapping and, and how you feel about it. Um, do you feel like uh, that because of your, your freestyle, like prowess, um, do you think that hampered you as a recording artist? Do you feel like if had you never had that background before that you would have, you would have like more attention paid to your ac- actually written work? Hmm. Uh, uh, man, that sounds so, that sounds so much of a great setup for me to make an excuse, huh? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, should I take it? Um, I, so, well, it, it didn't hamper anything, but it made people think that I had limitations. So okay. they reacted okay. based on that. And, okay. and look, in history, it was true. Like, okay, like it's like it's like less than 10 people that could do the type of shit that I could do, that I know. Like I'm looking yeah. at like Andre 3000, uh, Will I Will I Am, shout out Will. He used to be called Will 1X. He was winning all the battles, DJ battles, B-Boy, paint, anything you get before Black Eyed Peas. He was the man in LA. Like he was the fucking man. He could do exactly what I do. And we clearly see the type of songs he writes. That's more who I actually am. So, uh, and you got what I, I said, CeeLo. You got Pharrell, who could really rap, like on some MC shit and write songs. Lauren Hill was like that. Like, there's a few, but not not very many, um, who can actually do that shit. So it just ended up being where people were like, this must be what he could do, because history says that he could do that. Um, but um, they were they were very, very, very mistaken. Like, I kept putting out stuff. Nobody was listening. Um, the very reason I got this interview is because LL and Rock the Bells wanted to do a story on me. I never knew what it was going to be called. 
It ended up being called The Legend of MC Juice. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like this, oh my God. Like, he's like, like you can't really have an idol if you're a grown man, but he's fucking, man, he's the closest thing to the African-American idol for me. Um, <laughs> he was just, he was just so cold. He was so simple, um, and but he was so potent. So it, it only hindered things for a moment. What I had to do was break away from that Mm. Um, I had to break away from it because it wasn't really rewarding. It's not challenging. I've never seen, I've seen very few people with minds like mine. There's a dude from um, named Awkward's. Awkward's got a mind like mine. He can kind of do that shit. Uh, Iron Solomon, fucking crazy mm. mind. You know what I mean? But I ain't really seen nobody in my actual face that has a mind like mine. Not not to me, not yet. Not that I've seen. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm um. I'm, I'm all about showing people that I'm a real writer. So yeah, it hindered things a little bit. But then when I moved to LA in 2016, I moved here with the express purpose of writing for people. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to be a recording artist. I wasn't sure. The, the shit with Spotify, I always knew it was fucked up. I didn't like getting less than a penny for some hot ass shit. I still, that's why my music isn't there. But I came here with the express purpose to write for people. And once I wrote a record and the album charted on Billboard, all that shit was dead to me. All that shit they said was not true. So that meant like another feather. Mm. Freestyling, battling, performing, fucking writing. So like it was just like adding to those notches, you know? Right on. Thank you, man. Thank you for that. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about older battles versus newer battles and stuff. And I just want to take this opportunity to um, talk about the Eminem battle for uh, Younger Cats, um, 1997 Scribble Jam. Take us back to that day. And, uh, you know, what what are your thoughts on that thinking back now? And how was it, you know, while it was happening and, and unfolding? I told you guys that I'm just Terry from Gardner Street Elementary School. I told you all this. So. <laughs> Y'all got to stop with this other shit. You know how it feels. So to look back on it, it's unbelievable. Um, I'm not, I really can't even recall, like, I've never even really been challenged to that point until that that point. There was a dude who used to try to punk me in LA and he was part of this crew called Bum Rush. And two of those members are, um, Two of those members are uh, actually in uh, Jurassic Five, DJ Newmark and um, Charlie Tuna. So we used to we used to get it in back in the day, but with the Eminem shit, it was like that day um, we drove to Cincinnati. I I never really been to Cincinnati. It was crazy. I was with them same dudes from the moment. They got a DJ named DJ PNS, but I refused to call a grown man penis. So I just spell <laughs> it out, all right? I fucking spell it out, all right? It better not be a problem. And I fucking, we get there and I'm like, what is this? It's like B-boys. It's like badass bitches. It's the summer. Everybody painting and shit, snow cones. I'm like, what the fuck? This is like, it was like a swap meet. And uh, so then I saw all the rappers like ciphering and shit and getting cool. And I just played the back listening. Because, you know, once they start rapping with each other, I know exactly what everybody has. So I just, I just played it like that. And then, um. I was there and I was at the bar and, and Eminem walks up to me and shit. Marshall walk up to me and he like, yo, are you Juice? Like, are you fucking MC Juice? I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, you dope as fuck. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And he said, like, when we battle tonight, later today, it's going to be nasty. And I was like, oh, you rap? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, what's your name? And he was like, Eminem. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And so I ordered like three Heinekens, right? And, um, I gave him two Heineken's and he was like, yo, what? why you ordered me two beers? I'm like, shit, that's one for both of y'all. You Eminem, right? Each one of y'all need a Heineken. <laughs> See you tonight. <laughs> so that, yeah, that shit happened. So, and I know in his mind, and I, I had just dislocated my shoulder and I ended up telling him this beforehand. So he used it in the battle. He was like, I'm the one that dislocated your shoulder. And I'm like, fuck, so I really, I was real stiff so I, I really had to focus on like the projection. I didn't have no animation, you know what I mean? I was like old Disney shit, just very little animation. You feel me? Like it was crazy. So that's that's how that happened. And then when I finally heard him rap, <laughs> I was taken back <laughs> like a fucking Mitchell and Ness jersey. I was like, whoa, like what the fuck? Like I had never heard nobody say anything like that. 
So what I was trying to do was like, he would have like one line every, I don't know, every 40 seconds that was like crazy. And then I would just be perfect the whole way through. And I was like, if I can just be more consistent than him, I could beat him. But if I try to do this gag reflex ass shit that he's a master at, I'm gonna lose. I'm like, I never see people as color. I'm not like, oh, my black friend Dave's doing a podcast with me. So I never saw him <laughs> as white, which was probably to my advantage because he probably had rhymes for people who thought he was white. I just thought he was a threat. And I looked at it that way. So I didn't look at him the wrong way. And I never mentioned that. I never mentioned white. I just mentioned that you ain't real hip hop unless mm. it's me. And you can deal with that. And I think that's why I edged him out. But it still took seven rounds to do that. Um, but I will say the me that's me now would have beat the old juice and the old Eminem and the new Eminem in one night. This new me right here, that the new me, he he wouldn't he would it wouldn't be it wouldn't even be close. Right on. Um, thank you for taking us back there. Incredible detail on the story. Um, do you feel like people recognize you from the film Freestyle: The Art of Rhyme? Or is that just an underground nerd thing that we didn't know about, but they didn't really get out there? Can you just tell us a little bit about your experience with that? Um, there was a gentleman named Paul Devlin, and Paul um, called me and was like, hey, we want to do this expose on freestyling, and we, we would love to include you. And I was like, I was cool. Um, and we did it. And uh, I gave them hours and hours of footage. But I think the premise of freestyle... Uh, I think it was meant to show that I wasn't doing it for real. I was Ooh. cast. They were trying to cast aspersions on me and purposely not giving people the best of the 30 fucking hours of footage I gave them. So when people saw it, they were like, well, that's why Living Legends was like, some people write they rhyme. And they were like, we're not going to say his name, Juice. And people were like, ooh. So that's when I was like, when that, after that came out, that's when I issued the challenge. Like, hey, Living Legends. We gonna do some shit. Y'all gonna pick the topics, right? And I'm a rhyme about them. But if I do it right and y'all know it's true, then y'all can't ever rap again. And, then, <laughs> and if and if and if if I can't do it and I can't deliver, then I'll retire from rap too. And I want an apology. But nobody ever took that. Uh -huh. But that's what the whole shit was about. Like nobody else was being doubted in that shit because the level that they freestyle at was a little more simplistic than mine. Interesting. So every, you know what I mean? So everybody looked at everybody like, oh, just because a dude's picking a, a fucking scarf out of some dude's fucking Yeti backpack, he must be freestyling. Whoa. But I would do that shit in another different way, but they just didn't want to accept that shit. So that was another that was another knock where it was like I was featured, but not really. They didn't really want me to shine because the shit was true. Huh. And when I finally bumped into Paul, I'm like, damn, I, I gave you like 30 hours. Like you couldn't find like 12 seconds where I was really gassing. Right. That's what I was doing when I was around my homies. I was gassing. Right. But it, it was I, so to answer the question. Yeah. People always tell me, yo, I know you. And I'm thinking, do I owe this man any money? Who the fuck knows me? Like, why do you know me? And he's like, yo, you was in some sort of documentary and, and you was walking in the park or something. And I'm like freestyle. They're like, yes. Okay. You know, so yeah, I don't know if it's nerd shit, but it's cult shit. Yeah. But I guess I guess that's the same. I guess it might be synonymous, but yeah, people right. remember me from that shit for sure. Fair enough. Well, just not to, I mean, you have your perspective on it. I didn't take it that way necessarily, but I wasn't watching it from your perspective. I think it shows you as one of the premier freestylers of your era, which you obviously are and like helped burnish the legend of juice but i i might be due for a rewatch but um yeah, yeah well it wasn't it wasn't like a malicious thing it was okay. just that no one could be doing that shit for real okay they yeah. weren't trying to like you know show that i was garbage and they just like we just can't be real i see i see so yeah so, so it's furthering the uh, a narrative yeah, that you freestyle so well you can't possibly be freestyling yeah, and, that, that helped me. and that's just something yeah. you have to live with yeah and okay. that that wasn't their fault but that's what people were saying is like and that's why again in that no one else got that sort of criticism yeah and that's why i knew it. it wasn't even my perspective like when i watched it, i'm like they didn't be like we don't think supernaturally fucking freestyling right no one said that Right. No one, everyone they featured, there was not an antagonist that was like, maybe it ain't real. Right. Their shit, their shit, you can believe their shit. Right. So that's what I meant. I didn't uh, okay, I, I, I definitely understand it better. No, yeah, like, it, kind of I, I kind of have a follow-up, and it is like, if you make your life about battling, are people always trying to test you? Like, for a big chunk of your life, were people always trying to, like, go at you? Yeah. 
That's what it's that's what it's about. That sounds exhausting. Whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever it sounds like. Look, man, look, there was a uh there was a so me and Super Nat, we bumped into each other at this club and it was like so crazy. And like he recognized me from the back like a dope dealer or some shit. <laughs> he fucking was like, yo, you look amazing. Like, what? I'm like, yeah, how you doing? He's like, yo, I'm chilling. Like, you want to rap with me tonight? I'm like, absolutely. So we did it. And he was telling me about this kid. And I guess the kid didn't want to show him respect because Super Nat said he was the best. And the kid's like, no, I'm the best. And Super Nat's like, yo, you got to respect me. And I told Super Nat, like, yeah, that's true. But you still got to defend that shit. If somebody yeah. walk up to you and they want to rhyme and that's what you fucking do. Now, if I'm with my family or it's a right. funeral and you found right. out right. my dad's buried, like, you shouldn't right. be there. But right. if, <laughs> if, it's, if it's some shit where, like, it makes sense, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? But it is... um it's mentally taxing. So for me, it takes me a while to get into it because everybody is more hyped than me. I might be eating a sub sandwich or something. And somebody's like, yeah, that's them. No, I've seen him before. I've seen him before. No, we got to approach him. He going to do this shit. No, get the camera ready, John. Hey, John. Yeah. Hey, tell, <laughs> tell, tell Emery to get the 13. Get the 13, Emery. So Emery and John is filming and I don't even know it. And then they come up to me and this happened to me in a shaking state. And I'm uh, taking shake. And I was like, I don't feel like it right now. I'm eating. They were like, oh, that's pussy. And I'm like, yep. I'm, yep. I'm like, I'm doing a show tonight at this little club, right? And I'm going to put y'all all on the list. And if y'all want to get it, just make sure I get a copy of the footage. But I don't want to do it right now. I'm eating. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's exhausting, but it's beautiful. It's part of the art. I don't never get tired. I feel like I'm the absolute best at it. Battling, yeah. freestyling, whatever it is. I'm about to try to show that. That shit carries over to the writing at the major label level and the major song level. But for now, I have to be able to show that. I, you can't say you're that and then somebody call you out and you're not there. That doesn't yeah. work. So yeah. it's, it's exhausting, but I'm with it. I'm with it. Also, let 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 Juice finish his, his goddamn sandwich, y'all. Like, I just, I feel like people, <laughs> like, like people have, have some decorum about how you, uh, you approach something. God Look, damn. The, the meat at steak and shit is so thin <laughs> anyway. It has about a two second hot period before that shit <laughs> all melds into one unrecognizable fucking loaf. And I'm like, I'm just trying to eat. You know what I'm saying? So you're right. But look, anybody who wanted, there's a there's a gentleman um in Chicago, and this dude is like, he's really sick with the freestyle. He's very, very old school, but very, very potent. And um, he'd be winning a lot of battles and he's starting to like really take over in the city. And people are like, yo, so-and-so is the best in the city. And I'm like, he might be, I don't know. But one day when I was with him, he was like, yo, bro, when you gonna pass the torch? And I was like, huh? We was chilling like by this, this club called the Blue Note. And I was like, what? And he was like, when you gonna pass the torch? And I'm like, fuck, is this the Olympics? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, well, he's like, I mean, this is my time. I'm like, look, the good thing about it is me and you friends and you know where I'm at. If you ever want it, come try to take it. Mm. This is hip hop. I'm not yeah. giving you shit. And I'm not yeah. dead as far as I look. And that's all the skills I got. So all you got to do is take it. If you can take that shit and the people say you're me, then you'll be me. But until then, it's only one me. Mm. And I told them. So you have to be with, and this is all the time. So you just got to be willing to really give it to a motherfucker. If they really want it, give it to their ass. Like at, at all times, money or not, fuck all that. Fuck, I only okay. fuck all that shit. Like I, Floyd, Floyd was a great fighter. He turned into money, money with Mayweather. But before that, he was pretty boy Floyd. Any, anytime he could fight, he would fight. And that's me. I'll never turn into money Mayweather. Mm. I'll always mm. be juice. I don't care if you hear me right. Shit, I done wrote a bunch of shit. I wrote, I, I don't be like, I write for time. Yeah, I'm Parker now. No, 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 I'm MC Juice. Don't get it twisted. So that's mm. how I feel about battling, you know, and freestyling to this day. Man, that, that that's amazing. I really, really appreciate you sharing that perspective. So talk to us about what, what's coming up. And Nate, do you do you want to ask? I'm with you on yeah, this. Yeah, I can edit yeah. this out if I'm wrong, but do you have a project coming up with Cap D? I do. Yes. <laughs> I love the early all natural stuff and the fact that he became 
you know, a business person for the Warriors is like super crazy to me. But I mean, you two rhyming together. He's one of the great writers. He's such an amazing fan. Listen, during COVID, I was going through what everybody else was going through. I was I had my girl, Belle, and it was just me and her. I was looking for a place to live. I was in an Airbnb. Nothing was going right. I'm talking about two fifths a day of Jack. Uh, because it was 90 proof, the one I could find. And if you bought three, it was only $15 a bottle. This is what I was going through when I get this call from Dave and he like, yo, you want to do a project? And I'm like, a pro- what? And he like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he like, cool. So, um, so he was like, uh, well, let's do it. He sent me all these, this, these songs with these blank spaces and then these beats were fucking fire. I'm like, what the fuck? So I fill in the spaces. I'm doing little hooks and shit. And so I give it back to him. And he's like, he's like, damn, bro, this is really good. I'm like, cool. So I thought nothing of it. Um, and he asked me, he was like, yo, I'm he this about a month ago. He hit me. He was so the album is produced by this, this girl named Georgia Ann Muldrow. Yeah. And yeah. Ann is, she That's is wild. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, familiar. Very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, this is her first time producing. For like any artist so this is some crazy shit so we we've been in touch with her label we was doing all of that make sure we secure the beats long story short dave's gonna make an announcement about how and when um i'm not at liberty to do that liberty 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 <laughs> right i'm not at liberty to do that but it's fire all i can oh man that sounds fucking, amazing it's fucking fire i think the one of the lines i said on that shit is so crazy. We all have lines, but I said, I said, fuck slave thinking. They hired me to pop. I said, fuck slave thinking. Society has stopped you. Like Abe Lincoln when he tried to see the opera. It's so, <laughs> listen, shit is, it's like, it's like another, it's like, oh, okay. So that's what Juice has been doing? Yeah. With the dude who handles Steph Curry's contract? Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they don't even know. They don't even know that he does this. Um, he had to, you know, he played it for people, but they don't even, people didn't even know he was doing that. Wow. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a problem of a record. He is genius <laughs> on this record. Um, and I, I think I filled it in nicely. It's a complimentary, uh, it's like I'm Robin. And he that's dope. Right. And Can, cannot wait to hear that. That's yeah. like, oh, uh, man. for us, Incredible. that's an all-star cast. We love George's work. We're big right. fans of Capital D and the whole, um, just, he's just so, it's so dense how he writes. It drives uh, me crazy. There's so um, many. Yeah, days. I can't wait to hear this. And obviously a big fan of yours and really appreciated yeah. your time today and your great Yeah, stories. thanks for coming on, yeah, man. Your perspective. Thank you so it's, much, man. If I could just say one last thing before we wrap here, it's so interesting how it's almost more like being a boxer or a fighter than we talk to a lot of rappers. We talk to a rapper a week and your, your, uh, your narrative is more of like a pugilist. It's just, it's so interesting to talk to you. You have such a different take on hip hop culture and like, it really brings it back to like what hip hop started as. I I don't know if that resonates with you, but that's what I'm oh, thinking about right it now. It does. And I, look, I, I thank you gentlemen, but I, I would love to, um, to come back. Absolutely, definitely. Anytime. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm, I dropped this single I uh, called Unseen. So I, okay. after this LL article thing came out and rocked the bells, I, I released this single and people were like, oh my God, like um, Rap Genius wanted to hear it. Wordplay wanted to like, they were like, what? This is you now? So I filmed my first actual video, not content where everybody's saying like, yo, rap about that, but right. actually video. Oh, video, okay. video. Okay. Yeah, my first music video. And uh, I think uh, it's gonna come out in a couple weeks. Okay. And um, it's coming out. I got a I got a friend of mine um, named Jello, and I want to shout out Jello and Nick because they got DIY distribution, and it's a um, it's an invite only boutique based distributor. And they like I guess they saw my work ethic and were like, Yo, we want to put all your music through us. And I'm like, Let's do it. So yeah. we got a situation worked out. I did like an eight part interview with them. That's gonna go as a supplement. I just think unseen is really gonna be dope. Some people have put it on YouTube already, but I don't think it'll tarnish it at all. So if y'all want to go listen to unseen, okay, yeah, we definitely will. Yeah, one hundred oh, man. Thank you all man. so much. Yeah. Hey, Yo, thanks for coming on. Let's talk again, man. Be well. All right, sure. all right. Y'all have a good night, Bay. Bay, keep the bay up. I'm coming.
So that was our conversation, our spicy conversation with Juice. Um, that that did that doesn't usually go that way. Yeah, that's what was fun about that interview. It doesn't usually as as braggadocio as rappers are. It doesn't usually go that way. Well, he he was so honest. Like we kind of pride ourselves on like pulling good tidbits out of people in our interviews and sometimes you just get to a real human place with people where yeah. like they're they're ready to kind of drop the artifice of the interview and just talk and uh we were we were kind of blown away um by how deep that got and how he was pretty open about his you know substance issues and like uh mm-hmm. what it feels like to be confronted constantly and like his mm-hmm. his belief in himself as a, a master of wordplay. I'm, I mean, people usually don't rap to us or at us or, you know, Mm-mm. with us. That's it what was, I'm saying. Was, that went different. Yeah. It was fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I, I like asking people that like, do you, do you think in rhyme thing, especially if someone is, has had such a long career and the flow just seems effortless and he just slipped into it. Like it was nothing. I've like kind of never seen that before. I've seen yeah. dudes freestyle many, many, many times to varying degrees of success um but it was kind of interesting who he thought was on his level and some of the names that he didn't mention are was on his, on his level. yeah yeah no it was it was great to kind of see his wheels turning um it reminded me of when we talked to dart adams and he was talking to us whilst composing a, an article of some sort right and it was kind of like that you could see that juice was like he was talking to us and he was making that rhyme as he was talking to us. And then he's like, here, check this out. Totally. And it and it's like milliseconds, right? Like right. it's it's such an amazing uh, gift. And he knows he has it. And yeah. he, he would like you to know. Yes. And now it. now everyone knows. Uh, but one of the things that I thought was really interesting was like, um, besides people accosting him in chain restaurants <laughs> the main format for freestyle rapping these days is the radio interview yeah. and so i i mean we're not a radio show and we, we've never asked anyone to rap even though i've wanted to a couple of times um <laughs> but it's like he, i think he's very accustomed to when he gets in front of a microphone and he has he's ready to go on. he's ready to rap he's and he's just kind of always ready to rap and like yep. more so than anyone i've ever talked to and life. willing to engage with it um i thought that was fascinating that he is down because a lot of a lot of rappers i you know i've heard and that i know would just never do that you just get the fuck out of here like but he takes his uh his crown seriously and it's refreshing because we're in an era where you could be terrible and make a shitload of money and that's the end of the story you know what i mean yeah. but but he's good there isn't necessarily a one to one monetary payoff for what he does right but he's still proud of being the best at it absolutely um and yeah i'll i'll just i'll be thinking about this for weeks like how he came off much much more like a boxer yes. or uh, yes. a, a ufc fighter pre-fight like, interview yeah yes. like he yeah. like roams the country like looking for you know place people to yeah to challenge him <laughs> and like he kind of can't find anyone to Mm-mm. fight and he's Mm-mm. very aware of that metaphor and seems to study fighters and i think what he does is it's it's like this sounds so like I haven't fully developed this thought, but it, it's like he's like a samurai, dude. He like, I, dude, you took the words out of my mouth. He's he just say like that. Yeah. he's like he has yeah. this lethal ability yeah. to break people down verbally, and mostly he just wants to be left alone. But when he's not, when provoked, yeah, Zatuichi, like, <laughs> dude, he just like cutting fools in half. It's crazy. So. Yeah, it's just, I've, I've thought a lot about this interview. We kind of we shifted our whole schedule around to drop it yeah. a little bit earlier than we thought we were going to because we thought it was so fascinating. We would definitely like to hear what you guys think of it. Yeah. Um, and and Damone, you asked an interesting question, and I think we we all were kind of wondering like, and I might have phrased it a little bit differently, which is like, what is the song or body of work that you feel captures your ability? your recorded material the best and he, he yeah. did that writ, written versus freestyle one which i need to go back and listen to but i've been up on juice since the late 90s because of his um you know reputation as a battler and his uh yeah same uh was affiliation with the mole men like i okay. like when i first started buying records i was like what's this mole men what are these beats and when i started following their career he was on a bunch of their stuff and he shouted a bunch of them out so um yeah really deep dude 
Yeah, he's he's a really deep dude and a guy I I by the time I heard about him, he was a, a legend. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and so I think you don't have too many folks like that um, that still kind of like carry a, a legendary status. Um, so it was great to to check in with him. Really interested about that record he was talking about um, with uh, with Cap D. Captain Georgia and Muldrow. In, in Georgia and Muldrow. Um, not, not on my bingo card, as they mm-mm, say. <laughs> so that, you know, and, and what I love about Juice and what I think we're seeing with a lot of rappers now is age isn't really a barrier. There's enough proof of concept for guys who are in their 30s, guys who are in their 40s. Like if you if you can do it right and you could pitch it right, it's it's possible. Um, and so I'm, hopefully he's he's got some. Uh, you know, some good, some good record sales coming in the future. Um, we appreciate. And, and we want to shout out uh, Alexander Fruchter and mm. the the article, the legend of MC Juice, that's on RockTheBells.com. Um, uh, it covers some of the same ground as our interview, but it, it's really well done and very in depth, and um, definitely worth a read. I'm sure we'll post it um, on our Twitter when we are promoting the episode, but. Um, yeah, it's just uh, a really in-depth conversation and one that kind of surprised us why how much we were interacting with him. He's just like yeah. a very active mind, and that's basically the name of the game when yeah. freestyling is your life. Pretty much. Um, I would compare him. The only interview to throw a curve like that that I can remember was Paul Barman. Where you well, kind it was of, a little yeah. different because no, was, like, yeah. he, he like wouldn't do the normal question answering everything yeah. was like a comment on the type of questions you guys were asking, <laughs> asking. My, i don't have brilliant. that many regrets in my podcasting life but not being there that day i i like i really yeah. really <laughs> wanted to be a part of that i still want to talk to him someday he's fascinating to me yeah also, ab- absolutely. the two of them are both word geniuses in their yes. way you know in what their I mean? own it's ways like, yeah in their own like disparate they, they ways just let the question go by they like take it they consider it and then they compose on the fly these really interesting answers interesting for different reasons but Which really is, really interesting w- and like like they want to get into like the philosophy of yeah. their art and not talk about bullshit which is like a gift as an interviewer yeah absolutely and you better stay on your fucking toes too <laughs> don't ask no i thought juice was gonna go in on me he's like i don't know if i like the framing of that question but let's see uh towing the line here on the dad body rap pod we appreciate you guys for tapping in you can uh, hit us at Dad Bod Rap Pod on Twitter, at Dad Pod Rap Pod on IG. Uh, we also got the Patreon. The Patreon block is hot right now. Pull up, <laughs> pull up. Uh, we got the latest installment of Fly Sporadic just dropped. Nate, why don't you tell them a little bit about a uh, Fly Sporadic Four? Sure. Did a did a. Uh, I wanted to do another hip hop episode. I had kind of veered away from hip hop. A little bit and i think i'm gonna do that again for the next one but um i did one on notable rap guest verses and like yep. what I, I i don't want to give away the track listing or anything it's like kind of like you have to subscribe to find out but <laughs> That's right. it's it's not just your average rap guest verses this is a very like kind of like my personal take on this and then i i surprise myself when i'm pulling from the stacks i'm like oh, i haven't heard this in a while let's throw it mm-hmm. on and you know just um it basically, I play a couple songs, I do a couple little quips, and then I had my bros, uh, David, hey. join me for guest segments on the guest verse episode because it's all interrelated. I also Absolutely. had a lot of fun pulling the beats for this one. I yeah. have a little, I have a little crate of like instrumentals and stuff that I use, and like some things I'm like, I haven't heard this in so long, or like, oh, that's so weird when you take the words away from that, how it sounds right. like it's right. just, it was really fun with a rap episode to focus a little bit more on the beats that I use in between. And then I'm finding like, I, you have to kind of, if I had a third turntable, I could kind of do it live and like fade that, fade that out as I'm still talking and throw yeah, the next yeah, yeah. record, but yeah. I don't have my no? setup set up like that right now. Okay. So it's basically like in, in post, I'm having to like time it to when I'm talking. And sometimes it's like, you know, when you get home and like the album you just listened to ends exactly when you pull when in you your get out the car yeah i yeah, love little yeah. moments like that yeah. i live for little synchronicities like that and coincidences and 
think about what they mean and stuff. And <laughs> a couple of times that happened with this, where it's like I have Dave on, so I throw like a Raekwon beat that I didn't think everyone would know on behind it, and it just ends right when he's done talking. Right when he's I'm done. Like, well, See? that was meant to be. Mwah. Moving on. You know what I mean? Man, what Nate means to say is he's he's getting good at this. Uh, <laughs> this is the fourth installment of Fly Sporadic, and it's one of those perks that you can get by being a Patreon subscriber. Patreon.com slash pod for all the flyness. We do a podcast, and episodes drop every Thursday because we are the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Don't